Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy it. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing Portrait of a Lady on Fire. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what is your favorite romantic line from a movie? I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from Chicago, and my favorite is from Notting Hill when Julia Roberts' character reads from the bench plaque, for June, who loved this garden, from Joseph, who always sat beside her. Oh, that's good. Notting Hill is full of them. Chock full. (laughs) Yeah. I am Sandra Omstutz, and I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and I think that mine has to be from... My favorite movie until I graduated high school, which is Runaway Bride, and it's a proposal that both characters give to each other at different points in the movie. (laughs) And they say, look, I guarantee there will be tough times. I guarantee that at some point, one or both of us is going to want to get out of this thing. But I also guarantee that if I don't ask you to be mine, I'll regret it for the rest of my life. Because I know, in my heart... You're the only one for me. Wow. I know. It's a pretty good proposal. It is. Yeah. I don't know if this will change your um, your pick for your Oscar win, but I've never seen Runaway Bride. <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. It won't change it, but okay. um, you it, should watch Runaway Bride. It's my favorite <laughs> Julia Roberts movie. I love it, that we both picked Julia Roberts movie. <laughs> I know. I mean, how could we not? Yeah. Um, it, it was my favorite movie when growing up, and until yep. like I became an adult, it, it stayed there. Um, nice. Yeah, so that's my favorite, but I had a list of others that I could have chosen. I think there's one that um, I find that most people say is like the best. I wonder if you and I have the same thing in mind, Lucas. Uh, I, yeah, I think the, the speech from Harry Met Sally at yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. is like the ubiquitous, like the best romantic line. line. <laughs> the, you want your re- the rest of your life to start as soon as possible is the best line in romantic line in cinema yep. history. It is. <laughs> yeah. Before Sunrise has a lot of good ones too. It does. Um, yeah, that is, that is true. So many good yeah. ones. So many so great many. ones to choose from. Absolutely. Um, we're going to talk more about romance and romantic lines um, because this is the week after Valentine's Day and we're talking about a rom- very romantic film this week. Um, but before we do that, I want to know what you're feeling this week, Lucas. Um, this week I am feeling a an electric pop duo um, called Ref, or Refs. Um, and they just came out with a new album called Stories. Um, a lot of their music is just very beat-centric, just basically beats and vocals. Um, it's very um, flowy, ethereal, um, but that you can kind of move to. Um, it's one of the one of the one of the band members was a um, a backing vocalist for Chance the Rapper, um, and so he cool. wrote a lot of this stuff while he was on tour with Chance. And um, a lot of it is for it's weirdly for a um, electronic pop group. It is a lot about um, a lot about like heartbreak and just the feeling of confusion and forgiveness and stuff like that. So it's so it's a lot of like interesting themes for um, a more poppy band. But I um, I think my favorite song so far on this album is the um, the title track "Stories," which is a little bit slower than the rest, but um, it's a good one. You know that I forgive you. I know you don't forgive me. We're only human, so we hold on to two completely different stories. You know that I will move on. And I know that you can go with the dirt on my name. I won't be waiting for an apology. I 
Yeah, so that's Stories by Refs. Um, that whole album is up on Spotify, and it's a I, pretty good listen. As soon as we're done recording, I'm definitely going to be <laughs> pulling that up. I'm, I really yes. dig it. It's great. Um, what are you feeling this week? Well, this weekend, I got a chance to see um, Birds of Prey and the Ventabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Um, and I had a blast watching it. This is a movie I was already very excited to see. Um, for some backstory, in case you are new to the pod, I was pretty excited about Suicide Squad. I liked the marketing for it a lot. And then I hated the movie. It's one of the my most hated <laughs> movies I've ever seen, actually. Um, but I thought Margot Robbie's performance in Suicide Squad was my favorite thing about it. And Birds of Prey looked really up my alley, especially the clothing that I would see in all the trailers and the marketing materials. I'm falling for the marketing once again. Um, and so I finally got a chance to see it. And it turns out I loved it. Um, Birds of Prey, I've told you this in a text, but I've also told other people, is like if Kesha got to make a John Wick movie. It, it the entire time, I just kept thinking, this is a Kesha album come to life. Um, <laughs> I love Kesha, so that really worked for me. All the clothing, the character choices, the, the wackiness of it, um, I thought was so, so fun. But it's also like a crime movie. It is about a seedy, seedy part of Gotham and a lot of those seedy parts of Gotham um, running into each other. Um, and it also has one of my favorite elements in, mo in a movie, which is it has like these codes and rules of, of crime. You know, I love stories about thieves and criminal underworlds and how they kind of operate differently than the, like than the normal world that we all operate in, which is why John Wick is so fun. Um, and this movie has like an element of that that I really appreciate. Now, I will also say that it is a bit messy in the way that it tells its story. It's like a little bit narratively all over the place. I think that prevents it from being a great film, but when a movie is this much fun and has this much amazing stuff to look at, it's like, who cares if it's a little messy and all over the place? Like, <laughs> like what are you going to go tell your mom about it? Like, it's fine. It's like, have, a, have just go have a fun time with the movies. So I'm <laughs> strongly recommending that people go see birds of prey. I think if you like are ready to just accept the mess, you're going to like have a blast. I can definitely do that. Um, yeah. I'm going to go see it tonight, actually. Um, oh, yay. And I, I'm, I'm going in accepting the, the mess. So. Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Prepare to have, be, to have fun. I think another thing I love about it is that like more than any other superhero movie I think I've seen in since I've been an adult, at least, um, it feels like a cartoon like it feels like a kid's cartoon but it's a rated r super gory like violent movie at the same time i think it blends those two like um styles really well in a way that yeah worked for me so um plus it's a all-star cast like we love everyone in that movie and so I'm, i can't even start talking about each of their performances without going on for way too long so yeah go see birds of prey it's really fun nice are you in or out? You would sort of find out what it's all about. We've had some two very, like, buzzworthy trailers come out this week. At least buzzworthy <laughs> in, like, the film Twitter circles. Um, the first one was uh, from Wes, it's Wes Anderson's new movie, The French Dispatch. Uh, it stars everyone that usually is in <laughs> everyone Anderson's. that's ever been in a Wes Anderson movie. Absolutely. <laughs> Plus, um, Timothy Chalamet, who feels like he was born to be in a Wes Anderson movie. Uh, Lucas, yes. are you in or out on the French Dispatch? Um, I'm always in on um, Wes Anderson movies. I hate Wes Anderson trailers. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever liked one of his trailers, but I, um, for the most part, like his movies. Um, so I'm definitely in. I love everyone in this. Um, we also get the addition of Jeffrey Wright and Henry Winkler, which are two mm -hmm. people I feel like probably should have already been in um, Wes Anderson movies. 
Um, he keeps growing his cast. So now I think there's like 50 people in this, 50 famous people in this movie. So I don't know how much screen time everybody actually gets, but it's fun to just have this little, um, these little movies filled with all of these famous faces, faces, all these famous faces. Yeah. Um, I also just think his, um, the longer he goes, the more peculiar he gets. So the more, um, specific all of his choices are and the the weirder um his stuff gets so uh, his last movie isle of dogs um was all stop motion and i was curious if he'd ever go back to a traditional movie just because with stop motion you can actually make things the exact way that you want um which you lack for the most part in real life but um but he's doing it he's really doing it so i'm i'm excited to see it um but well i didn't love the trailer gotcha um I have seen the trailer. I couldn't resist, but I had to make sure on Twitter I muted every version of the French dis- Dispatch because I have decided I won't be going to see this movie. And to be a little bit of a bummer, I'm not seeing this movie because it has Bill Murray in it. And I don't support Bill Murray films because of certain abuse allegations. And, um, and so, like, this is usually those stands that I take are not that frustrating because a lot of the people that I don't want to watch support don't usually make movies that I'm dying to see. And this is one of those exceptions where I love Wes Anderson films, but I won't be going to see this movie. Um, so I'm a little bit bummed about that. And so I'm muting it on Twitter so that I don't have to see everyone's excitement building up for half a year <laughs> about this movie. Um so I think the trailer looked fine, but I'm out on this movie for that reason. All right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a another movie that people went and lost their heads over. Um, the Green Knight <laughs> is A24's newest um, movie that's coming out. It is directed by David Lowry. It stars Dev Patel. It's based on an Arthur King Arthur Arthurian legend. Um. Lucas, are you in or out on The Green Knight? I am in on The Green Knight. Uh, this trailer's great. Um, I love, everybody knows I love British period pieces, and I guess this, um, if we fall back long enough, this is a British period piece. <laughs> Anything sure. based on an Arthurian legend, um, I'm 100% in on. I'm also in on the director, David Lowry. Um, he directed um, A Ghost Story, The Old Man with a Gun, um, Ain't Them Body Saints, uh, Heels Did Peace Dragon. I absolutely love his movies. Um, and I love Dev Patel. Um, and so this is a great combination. Um, I'm really, really excited for this movie. I think it's going to be um, a very weird one. I think it's going to be something that um, I don't think a lot of people will love just based off the um, the weird the weirdness of the trailer. If you watch the trailer, you, I, th- I feel like you get the vibe for the movie. So. Not for everybody, yeah. but I'm going to love it. I'm in on this movie before seeing the trailer. Like, I'm in on anything <laughs> Dev Patel stars in, um, yes. especially if he gets to play, like, a hero in a medieval legend. Um, and I have not actually seen any David Lowry films, but they're all movies that seem appealing to me. I don't, so I don't know why I haven't seen them. Um, they have, like, great critical reception, and they seem up my alley. So... I'm excited for this movie. I also really love King Arthur and like myths Mm -hmm. of that nature. Um, One thing that I find interesting about this trailer and when I've shown it to people is a lot of people seem to immediately think it's an Ari Aster movie because the trailer (laughs) seems like pretty spooky and in that like in a very Ari Aster way. Uh, And so I'm, I don't think that based off of, David Lowry's past film experience. I don't believe that this is a horror film, um, but it, it, it's an interesting thing to keep in mind based on that trailer alone. Yeah, I think any any movie from him is going to have some. I won't even say like disturbing elements, but more just like um, suspenseful. Sure. Not not like some of the feelings that you would get from a horror movie that aren't horror feelings and isn't right. a horror movie. I feel like a lot of that is present in his movie. So I can definitely see why you'd get that from the trailer, but sure. um, yeah, that makes okay. sense. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that makes sense. And yeah, I'm still incredibly excited. Uh, the visuals in that trailer really worked for me. So I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be lining up to buy a ticket on opening day. 
Um, Lucas, before mm-hmm. we move on to our main topic, I <laughs> want to discuss some business with you. Okay. Um, last episode was our Oscar predictions episode where we make a bet for whoever makes the most correct Oscar predictions um, gets to pick a movie that the other person has to watch. Um, so yes. who happened to win that last <laughs> week? Do you know? Um, to be fair, I think we both won it. I think we both <laughs> sure. had a great night, and I think we were both very happy with the outcome um, of, <laughs> of the Oscars. But from a prediction standpoint, you did get more right than I did. I got 21 out of 24 <laughs> right, which is pretty good. It's that pretty, is pretty great. Yeah. How it many did you get? Great. I think I got 18. Yeah. 18 out of 24. Yeah. So. Um, I, I'm very happy with the outcome. Like this is exactly what I wanted. Um, you were able to be optimistic about your, (laughs) your predicting. Um, and so this is well worth it. I'm, I am very happy that you won if it means that we get to, to have a parasite sweep like this. Exactly. We're both so excited that parasite won. It was like such a huge celebration in my house when we were watching, um, but it was extra huge in my house because I also this <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, I had a whole party rooting for me. Like, oh, I kept man. telling them, be like, okay, now he's one up on me, but we still have these categories that I could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so boy. We're, like, I think on even playing fields right now, like for this Oscar bet over the past few yeah, years, we're, right? Yeah, we're in an every other year situation. So I, I'm happy <laughs> with that. Let's keep that up. Um, Okay, so like I said, um, because I won, I get to pick a movie that you have to watch by next year's Oscars. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's do do a quick rundown of what our past movie bets have been, right? Um, Yes. Okay, so the first year you won. Yes. So I, uh, the, the first year I won, I made you watch a Western, Slow West, starring Michael Fassbender. Um, mostly because it's a Western I feel like most people haven't seen, and it's exa- it's like exactly my type of favorite Western. And I knew it was something that Sandra would never, ever, ever, ever see <laughs> if I didn't I make her see it. Westerns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did not like that movie. I, it wasn't yes. for me. Um, <laughs> then I won the year after that, and... I, uh, I'm trying to remember, Lucas, also, when you won the first year, do you remember what best picture that was? Was it Moonlight? Mm, yeah. Yeah, it was Moonlight. So You're the right. year after that, I won with when Shape of Water won best picture. And, um, I decided to pick a movie that I knew you would never watch, but <laughs> a movie that was very close to my heart, which was the One Direction documentary. Um, and yeah, I just, that's a movie that I've made people watch on my birthday because I love it so much, but people, I can never get people to watch it. Otherwise it's a, it's a movie you have yeah. to make, force people to watch. <laughs> it's true. Um, I also did not love that movie. That yeah. movie, um, was bad, but I am a big fan of Harry Styles now. So I guess, I guess it worked out. Yeah. So. <laughs> it all worked out in the end. Um, okay. <laughs> and so then last year you won again. Yes. Which, which, when Green Book won, yes. <laughs> um, I made Sandra <laughs> watch Hot Fuzz, which is a movie that is, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, and I know it's one that, I, th- I feel like Edgar Wright movies are all ones that people should see at some point, And this is one that Sandra hadn't seen. Um, and so I made her watch Hot Fuzz. And I do like Edgar Wright. So like it yes. was something that you expected I would like. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you had picked it because Olivia Coleman had won Best Actress that year. Yes, that is true. Yep. And yeah. she plays a great role in Hot Fuzz. Right. So I told you when we recorded our podcast predictions that if I were to win, I would try to pick something that you would want to watch. You know what I mean? Mm, um, yeah. Like I wasn't going to try to pick another One Direction documentary. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> so I have picked a movie that we've talked about before that you've talked about wanting to see. Um, I'm pretty sure that you've talked about wanting to see, but it's a movie that it's, it's a really hard thing to get people to watch because of its subject matter. Um, and it's very fitting for today because one of the actresses in this movie is in the movie that I've picked for you, the movie that we're going to talk about later. Um, and that movie is BPM. Um, Ah, yes. Yeah. 
It is a French film that came out a couple of years ago, and it is about, um, it's set in the 90s, and it's about ACT UP, um, like, AIDS activists, these, like, young queer people um, that are trying to get people to enact action during the AIDS crisis. Um, and it is an incredibly moving movie. It's obviously, like, a tragic subject matter, which is makes it hard to get people to watch this movie. You know, <laughs> it's hard to be like on a Friday night sitting down on the couch being like, what do you want to watch tonight? And that's usually not the first pick. Um, but it's also like a beautiful, fun, sexy, vibrant film. So it's one that I think you will, um, really appreciate. And now I'm giving you like a re a really, an obligation to watch it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah this is definitely one that I, I wanted to watch and knew I absolutely never would. So yeah. <laughs> I'm glad, um, you, I'm glad you're making me do it. Yes. Um, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's our big reveal. Um, and like I said, it is fitting because one of the actors in that movie is one of the lead actors in the movie that we are about to talk about. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So let's get on with it, okay? All right. Okay. Lucas, um, what is your history with Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Were you anticipating it? Did it come out of nowhere? Um, how are you feeling about it before you saw it? Yeah, this is one that I've been uh, looking forward to for quite a while. I think um, it won the best screenplay at Cannes last year, like early last year. Um, and people were really talking about it. And so I was very excited to see it. Um, and it took forever for it to get to the States. Ooh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is one that um, I feel this like. This is like this year's Call Me By Your Name, which is like yeah. I. it took a whole full, like a full year to, for it to come into theaters. Right, right. Um, and so this this is a movie that, like, if... There, I feel like so many things went wrong for it, for it last year. I feel like if France had submitted it for... Um, uh, for best foreign feature for the yeah for, for the for the Oscars, I feel like it would have had a lot more buzz. I feel like it, <laughs> um, it would have it would have taken off more. It probably would have had an earlier release date, but since it didn't, and since Neon already had Parasite coming out, um, I feel like they just pushed it to this year, um, which is sad. But I also am excited for people to sense the buzz of all the other great movies that came out last year has kind of gone down. I'm hoping people will really find out about this movie. So I've seen it twice. Um, I saw it actually last week. The director, Celine Siama, did a, a Q&A here in Chicago at um, at the, the movie theater by my house. And she's hilarious. She is amazing. Um, I really, really love um, what she's done with this movie. I actually haven't seen any of her other movies, um, but now I really do want to go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm very similar to you, Lucas. I had heard critics reactions to this movie at like at a festival and thought like oh that movie sounds right up my alley it sounds like it might be one of my favorite of the year and um was just desperately waiting for it to come out and the release date that was announced was on my birthday in december so i was like perfect this will be my <laughs> birthday movie and then it got pushed to february and yeah. um I luckily got it and it released in the States in like a few little places. But other than that, for the wide release, it got pushed to February. I was explaining to friends last night the same thing that you were just saying about how ultimately like Neon used all of its marketing budget and push and power to get a win for Parasite. And that's like the <laughs> right decision. Um, yeah. But it's just unfortunate. Like in another year, this movie might have had that same had all that power put behind it, you know? Right. Um right. they just happened to come out the same year. Uh but I got to see it um towards the end of last year and uh then I saw it again last night. And when we did our top ten episode, uh I ranked this as number six on my list. I had seen it once and I had made a very bad, bad decision to watch it in the middle of the day. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. And that just really affected my viewing experience. Now, obviously, it didn't affect it 
too strongly because I still made my top 10 of the year. Yeah. Um, but after watching it again last night, like at night with all the lights turned off, like fully devoting myself to it um, and with other people, I can easily say this is like my number two movie of last year. It is nice. It's bumped up. It's this movie is pretty fucking incredible. Um, when watching it with other people for the first time, it was amazing to hear their reactions to certain lines, dialogues or visuals and see myself in them to hear people say like, Oh my God. Or like, I can't handle this (laughs) as, as we're making our way through the film was really fun. Um, yeah, this movie is just, it, it really knocks the air out of you as you're watching it. And it does so, like, the entire time. Um, and I, that's all I can ask for out of a romance film, which this is. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so I, I was really blown away by it, and I love it so much. Um, there's so much I want to talk about in spoilers, Lucas, but I want to know <laughs> if there's stuff that you want to make sure we talk about before we get to spoilers. Yeah. Um, I think uh, entry for people in this movie, like if you um, if you're into foreign films, obviously this is up there. Go for it. If you're not, I still feel like this is a movie that um, um, does a lot without dialogue. And if you're you know, yes. new to, um, subtitles and stuff like that, I feel like this is a movie that, uh, honestly the script isn't very long. There's not a ton of dialogue in this. A lot of this movie is told with looks and actions. Um, the, the main character is a painter. And so she does a lot of pay. There's so much painting in this movie. Um, and so it's, I, I, th- I think it's a good jumping on point. Um, obviously I feel like most people have already seen Parasite, so that was a good jumping on point as well. But if you're, if you want to keep riding that train, <laughs> um, um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a great next step. Um, I super agree because I mean, I love going to see a foreign film and I'll never not see a film because it's not in English. Um, yeah. but there are times when I'm seeing a film and I wish that I didn't have to read subtitles because there's so much going on on the screen and mm-hmm. reading the subtitles and trying to k- keep up with action can be a little bit of a task, you know, depending on yeah. the film. And this is, that's not the case with this movie. Um, there's a lot going on on screen for sure, but it's not fast paced in a way that you're feeling like you can't keep up. It's every line of dialogue is told like standing still. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it feels like almost every single thing that's said in this movie is a declaration of intent and feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes this movie like, move at the perfect slow pace. Yeah. And I think that sparseness also carries over to the visuals is that there's, um, all of this takes place really on, you know, one Island in really a couple rooms. Um, there's not, <laughs> not a lot, um, kind of happening externally in this movie. And so the shots that you do get are very still and very long. Um, and I think it really, it, it does a really good job of telling this story um, in a way that makes you feel like this is separate and apart from everything else that's happening. This is, takes place in the 1800s in France, and there's um, just a lot going on in that time period. And yet this feels like a secluded area of the world that is just kind of a, a respite, a break before these people kind of go out into the world again. Um, and I feel like ev- everything about this movie hammers that home, which is great. Yeah, for everything from like, the location to the sound of this film. Mm -hmm. Um, You feel like you are like trapped in a, in a small little world, like the sound of it. um, It feels like, Oh, like I I couldn't imagine myself anywhere else. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And there's no score in this movie. So the whole, like all of the audio that you're getting are, um, the, you know, the diegetic sounds of the paintbrushes and the waves and the, and the dresses moving. And if the, there is you know, music, people. it's like a character is playing music. Right. Exactly. And so, and, and it makes those moments more powerful when you have, um, when you do have music in the film. Um, and so I, I love it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I keep wanting to talk about what the premise of this movie is. Um, but then I also am holding back on discussing that because, uh, I 
watched this movie the other night with two people who really didn't know anything else about it, um, didn't know what the premise was at all, and that's a really cool viewing experience. So mm-hmm. if you're someone who like likes period pieces, likes romance, like just go see this movie. Like you'll just trust us and don't don't <laughs> look it up. Don't watch a trailer. Just like buy yourself a ticket. Um, I think you won't regret it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you have seen it, <laughs> if you have seen it, we can talk about spoilers. <laughs> absolutely. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No, crack and gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. Now that we're in spoilers, let's discuss the premise first and foremost. Um, okay. I did know what the premise was going into this movie. And boy, oh boy, did the premise like get me excited. Um, the idea that this woman has to like paint another woman in secret and in order to be like married off to someone else if you're like a fan of romance novels and romance movies and you hear that that's the premise of a love story like you just start rubbing your hands together that's the most delicious premise i've ever heard it's real great (laughs) yeah um talk about you know when we were watching it last night we kept using the word yearning uh, because that's like just what this movie is, is a movie full of yearning. And there is no greater premise for yearning than I must stare at this person's face constantly and secretly try to recreate it over and over again. You know, like yeah. forced obsession is really what this movie was mm-hmm. at the beginning. And I think that kind of it like there's a, there's so much class that plays into that of just like 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 especially with the time period and everything like that and i feel like a lot of that is stripped away in this movie of obviously there are there are class differences but um i think she really just wanted to focus on this um on really you know the relationships and the kind of the obsession of trying to do this without having that class barrier so there's a lot i mean the equality of the <laughs> of this relationship um is a uh, very different from any other movie that you'd see about love in uh, this time period sure. uh, which i really loved so. yeah um also the absence of men in this movie like completely mm-hmm. changes yeah. the context of this love story yeah like there's such a freedom in this movie that there aren't men around at all. Yeah. Um, there's men at the beginning and men at the end, and there's you can feel the relaxation once they leave. Like one, yes. like once once everybody's just kind of alone on this island, uh, there's just this relaxation, and then this tensing up at the end when you know when they, when they come back. And so yeah, it I it's a great <laughs> it's a great right. use of that. Um, I also want to talk about how. At the beginning of this movie, and this continues throughout, but it's really present at the beginning. This movie is really spooky. Like, (laughs) when it first starts and you, you, you find out the premise and, you know, our main character feels like she's all alone in this big house. um, And the only person that she talks to is this, like, handmaiden, you know, um, housekeeper, I guess, is is what that girl is. Um, and she finds out that she's painting someone who no, like no one can paint. And she finds the painting with the face smudged out and Mm -hmm. the buildup, honestly, if I didn't know the premise of this movie and I was watching it for the first time, I would think like, oh, she's a monster. Like she is like a, a literal mythical creature monster. Oh yeah. You know, like. Like, what is her face? Like, what does she look like? <laughs> and then you have that amazing, amazing scene where she sees her for the first time, but she's all, like, in a, in a cloak, and you don't see her face. And she runs away, away, and, and you still don't see her face. And um, it makes the reveal of her face when she turns around for the very first time, like, y- you want to gasp. Um, Adele Hanel is obviously like a very beautiful woman, but I would not say she's the kind of beauty that when you see her for the first time, you would gasp, you know? Um, Yeah. But in the way this movie has built her up, when she turns her face, you're, you, 
it, it she becomes like the most beautiful woman in the world. Uh, yeah. I, just this movie throughout, and especially in that sequence, has shows the expert art of tension building. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, and I think in general throughout this movie. She does a great job of having you feel what the characters are feeling, um, and it, and it never feels like you're outside looking in. It feels like you're a part of the you know the relationship and and a yes. part of um, the struggles that they're going through. Which is I feel like difficult to do not only with a foreign film, but even more so with a um, a period piece. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so and so I really I think it's something that um, Greta Gerwig did really well with a Little Women, um, and I definitely feel like it it comes through here as well. Yeah. Um... Yeah, especially especially with the Eloise character, the 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 character mm-hmm. that Adele Hanel plays, um, she's so moody in a way that's so relatable. <laughs> like, yeah. she she's um she's bitter and angry and pouty and um stubborn in all these ways that uh, I, I really loved watching and related to. Um, yeah, and like I said, that that spooky nature of the movie also um, it plays throughout the rest of the film um, with the visions that Marianne mm-hmm. constantly sees, and uh, and the 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 spooky like bonfire feast that they go to with the acapella women. Yeah, um, it felt very witchy. Like yeah. the song felt very witchy, and and. To have a movie full of just women feels very witchy, obviously. Um, I loved having a grand romance story blended in with these like spooky visuals and, and moments. Yeah. I'd love to hear what you thought of the vision. Um, like how you read that the first time. Well, to me, it was like very clearly like a wedding dress, like a white mm-hmm. wedding dress. Yeah. And it was just a vision of this woman that she's falling for going off to like her fate that she won't, that she, the main character won't be a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after the Eurydice like reading, um, it obviously like blends into her becoming like a Eurydice figure. I think, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I also loved the second time I watched it when, cause this, the whole story is a story that she's telling. Um, yeah. and so, um, the beginning and end are both kind of narrated by her. Um, and I, ke- I kept seeing the second time I kept seeing those flashes as her, like, rem- like at this point in the story, her remembering, oh. um, that, that last look, that ending, these are the points where it kind of comes back to her. Um, and it just, it, it was, a, it was, it was, I thought it was a fun reading. I don't know if it's correct or not, yeah. but it just, as you're kind of watching it, I was like, oh man, that'd be so cool. <laughs> I love <laughs> Because, because the whole time as you're kind of telling the story, you are remembering how it ends. And, and I think you as the viewer, if you've seen it just, you know, one time, you also know how it ends. And so you get that kind of remembrance of, um, no matter where we are, this is, this is it. This is what's, what we're building towards. <laughs> so I adore that interpretation. Um, I really love hearing that. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain. There's so many things that like, I feel about this movie and it's hard to <laughs> sort through like what order we should talk about them in. Yeah. Um, one thing that I know that I, we must talk about, um, uh, before we, I think get into the full romance of the movie is that I have such a deep appreciation for this movie for depicting an abortion and for including that in a period piece, I think that's something that like just doesn't, we don't think of abortion as something that hap- that has been happening for like as long mm-hmm. as women have been around. Yeah. And that is the yeah. truth that it has been. Um, for this to show that women have always needed abortions and always will. And for it to show that the ways that women help each other when they are in that situation, you know, to have the two women in her house that are trying to help her with like home remedy, like abortions. And then that they go and support her when they go to, um, the doctor and, um, and that the, the, the person that carries out the abortion is a woman who like probably does this for other girls in the village. And, um, Mm -hmm. 
And then for that to result, so that alone was very powerful for me. Then I was really blown away by the scene following that where they decide to recreate it via a painting. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the, these characters decided this is something important that needs to be documented. Basically saying our stories deserve to be told. A theme mm-hmm. in Little Women that was, you know, we've yep. talked about before. <laughs> um, it's just something appearing again. And that not just women's stories, but specifically women's stories with abortion. That's a lesson that, like, today we're still trying to learn. We're still trying to figure out how to tell abortion stories. And trying to prove to people that abortion stories are very important and that they matter. Um, so to have that in this movie was super powerful for me. Um, and I, yeah. I really appreciate it. I think it's a, it's such a smart, um, way of telling this story because, um, it is basically like the abortion plot line comes in at about the halfway point. Um, and that is kind of when their love, uh, story really kicks off. Yeah. Um, like it's like the first time they kiss and all of that stuff. And so you have, them falling in love and you know this this really giddy feeling from them um juxtaposed with them kind of helping this 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 girl um with this process that is you know very scary for her and they're very um they're so kind about it and yet to them it's like it's like yes this is important but also this is um this is a secondary thing to what we're going through. And it's these mixed emotions of, of, you know, complete joy and also, um, you know, fear and, stress. um, you know, and sat stress and sadness for her. And, and so there's, and so I, I, I do love that juxtaposition because when you fall in love, everything doesn't stop. Like life continues and you have yeah. to, you know, continue through all of this. And so I, I thought that was a great way of, um, you know, of, of depicting, you know, all of that. So, sure. yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, Let's talk about like them actually falling in love because yes. there's just so many times someone would say something to another that you would be like, oh my God, what a, what a beautiful, mm-hmm. like swoon so worthy many thing great to say. Lines. Yeah. Oh. I can't, I, I could never begin to remember all of them. You know, yeah. I think there's like the tide really starts to turn when we have probably our most standard romantic movie scene, which is when. Eloise is posing for the painting and Marianne is painting her and Marianne starts to list little physical traits that Eloise has and, and mm-hmm. ticks that she has. And then Eloise does the same thing right back. Um, she, and it, and that's like a classic rom-com thing. It's like, it's like, like when Harry met Sally ending, it's like, yeah. I yeah. know you <laughs> so well that I know these little ticks that you have. And I know these little habits and, tr- and physical traits and I've studied you. I know you, I, you're, I've learned you. Um, and I'm a sucker for that in any movie. And I was a sucker for <laughs> yes. it in this one. Yes. Yeah. She also has yeah. a great line during that sequence where, so Marianne is painting her and she's studying her face and she kind of rattles off all these things that she's learned about her face. And Eloise has her come and stand where Eloise is sitting and um, look at the easel to point out like, while you're staring at me, I'm staring back at you. Like we are both doing this to each other. Like you are not uh, just solely adoring me. Like this is a mutual transaction. She says, when you're observing me, who do you think I'm observing? Yeah. Like, oh. oh yeah, yeah good stuff. <laughs> that's that's the good stuff right there yeah uh, i think it i think you're right like this movie has so many of those like the classic rom-com situations um that you don't automatically recognize in a film like this because it's i mean it's it's not a rom-com but it is a romantic movie that's setting up a lot of those tropes um like that observation i think also like in most rom-coms you have at you know early on one character is lying to another character and at some point, you know, that comes out and it's a rift in the relationship. And with this one, it's, um, it's the fact that she's being painted. And so when you get that reveal that she is being painted, um, um, I feel like one, it's my favorite lines when she finally, when she, when she sees the painting and, um, hates it (laughs) and, and, um, and what's her, uh, what's her name? Mariana says, "I, I, I didn't know you were an art critic. And Eloise says, I didn't know you were a painter. And that line, 
Oh, man. So good. It kills every time. Oh, that's the kind of line that makes you want to get out of your seat and, like, walk a lap. Like I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite lines of last year. <laughs> right. There's also so many other moments, like, like they have a moment where they almost kiss, you know, which is a very classic rom-com thing where they're mm-hmm. staring at each other and it's like, kiss! You're screaming at the screen, kiss! And they don't. <laughs> um, they also, there's also so many little things in this movie that um, made it feel so modern. Like, these are, like, two queer women who are drinking wine and playing cards and smoking and like getting a high, like trying drugs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and having sex. And like when you like just read out all the things that they do, other than like the needle point, it fe- you could be reading a movie about activities that modern day queer women are, th- are doing. And so mm-hmm. I appreciated that the, the universality of like that experience that like, like women have been falling in love with each other for as long as women have been around. They've been having abortions. They've been having sex. They've been trying drugs. They've been making art, you know, all these things. None of these are new modern things for women, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I also love, like, um, the character of Eloise at the beginning of the movie before they start to fall in love and how she's, like, very moody and angsty and, like, (laughs) um, she, like, just wants to go back to her convent. Like, she's surrounded Mm -hmm. by women. She gets to do whatever she wants. She's, like, she gets to read and listen to music and... And she's been like plucked from this paradise and has to marry this man. And she's like really pissed off about it. And Uh I really love all the conversations that they have where um, Marianne is trying to tell Eloise, like, it'll be fine. Like there's, this is not the worst fate for you. And Mm -hmm. she shuts her down every time. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm trying to think of other moments that really swept me off my feet. Well, I do want to say that a visual that knocked me out when the movie first started, that that when the, I, the, when I knew the movie had me, was when Marianne <sighs> is up in her room for the first time and yeah. she's dry she has to dry off herself and her like canvases. And um she has two canvases and her naked body sitting in front of a fire and she's smoking, like a pipe. smoking a pipe. <laughs> and I saw that and I was like, hell yeah, this movie is bad. This movie is for me. I want a picture of this hanging on my wall. This, this movie is cool. This whole movie you could just print out and hang in your home. Oh yeah. It's oh, yeah. such, it's so beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead. I, we obviously want to talk about the ending, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else um, before we get to the, the three different the endings ending. that we have for this movie. Um, well, another visual that I want to bring up that just like knocked me out of the park was yeah. um, when Marianne like decides to draw a self-portrait um, in the book for Eloise. In the book, yeah. And we have that like just stunning shot of Eloise is lying. She's naked, but she has like a sheet draped around her top and she has a mirror poised in front of like her crotch that Marianne is using to like see herself in. Um, Yeah. And like that shot of Marianne's face in the mirror on the crotch of Eloise, like lied laid out. Um, Yeah. That that's a stunner. Um, I, there, there's a lot of beautiful shots in this movie, but that's one that like will be burned in my brain um, mm-hmm. as like it should go down in iconic film history. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Of so many shots else. from this movie should absolutely. go down in iconic film history. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also just want to say before we get to the end, and I think the end will tie into this. Um, I just loved that this is a grand love story, and there's a lot of like sweeping kisses and beautiful declarations of love and romantic tension. But it's also a movie about like art and creativity and passion in general, you know? And 
to see the way that these two characters talked about art, talked about painting, talked about music, um, was like the abortion storyline, very powerful. And, um, the way they talked about how their passions are limited by being women. Um, the way she talked about how she could never, she was being held back as a painter because she wasn't allowed to do certain things that men were allowed to do. Um, uh, just really, really worked for me, and I thought it was really important. And, um, and then it makes the ending, I think, work because that has been built up throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Totally so agree. I'm ready to talk about the ending if you are. Okay. Yeah. So ending number one yes. is when she leaves. Um, yeah. There's so three. She, she endings, says goodbye. So. Uh, yeah. So she so she says goodbye, to, and um, I love the I love the mom in this movie. She's great. Yeah. Um, she has a lot of really good lines as well, but just her complete, um, she's completely unaware of of everything. And, um, this super tense scene where it's just like for her, for the mom, it's like, that's it. That's it. You did it. The end. Goodbye. Get out. And, um, for the two girls, it's just, Oh man, it is killer. And she, she gives the mom that weird hug at just to be (laughs) able to stare at Heloise just for a second longer. Um, and then just runs out and um, obviously the turning back. Um, well, let's you know, talk coming. about the hug that she gives Eloise. Okay. Because yeah. it's like, it has to be fast because it can't mm-hmm. give anything away. Right. But she like, as quickly as she can, runs her mouth along her neck. Like as in a way that hopefully the mom won't see, you know? Yeah. Like she yeah. can't kiss her goodbye, but she can like give that last moment of affection and like, mm-hmm. Oh man, does your heart break when you see it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. C- continue. And then, and then just the run out also is just so sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the look back and, and like when she does look back and the lights go out and you see that it's, it's the dress that you've been seeing throughout the, the movie and it's the, she's in that position. It's the exact same shot. Um, it's just like knowing that this is it. This is the last time that I will see you. Yeah. Um, Turn around. and I love that if, like, let, yeah, see, see me for one more time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I love that it then fades into her back in her art studio with her students, um, and them kind of turning in their papers and you do feel like, like, that's it. That's it. That's the end. And she says, uh, her, her, her student, her student. Or she, what did, what did she say to her student? She says, you, you know, you, you painted me sad. Yeah. And she goes, you looked sad. And she's right. like, and she's like, I'm, I'm not anymore. And you think it's like, all right, she's moved on. She's over it. Yeah. Um, and then you hear, she saw her two more times Ugh. and all right. Ending number two in the gallery. So I she, love this. Yeah. She's at like some art show gallery. Um, and one seeing that she has painted the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Yes. And yeah, it's just like this hit to the gut that she can y- declare her love in public ways with, and still get away with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's beautiful, obviously like the work yeah. itself is beautiful and she's being commended on it, even though she's mm-hmm. using it under her father's name, you know, um, which harkens back to that. Like she's still a woman and she still has to operate like in a man's world, even though, yeah the rest of this movie, we didn't have to operate that way. We're fine. We're now mm-hmm. back in the throes of it. Um, and then she is, I, you know, the first time I didn't notice this, but the second time I realized she's like looking through a program and yeah. she sees something, she sees something in the program and then starts to rush towards a painting. Yeah. So she obviously sees a name in a program um, and she rushes towards a painting and it's a painting, it's another painting of Eloise, one that she didn't paint. It's one that has been painted later on in life with Eloise and a young girl, presumably her daughter. Um, holding the book. <laughs> holding the book that Marianne drew her self-portrait in with her mm-hmm. finger opened to this exact page that the self-portrait is on. Yeah. Um, and that really does it for me. Um, I've heard some people say that that is a little bit corny or cliched, but I, Oh really? Yeah. For me, that is not the case for me. It really works. I think it, it gets tricky, but also interesting when you try to think about 
how would that have actually played out? Like, would she have, if she's getting her portrait done, you know, like, does she say like, oh, I just want to be holding my favorite book. And she's holding it to that, that page. And does the painter like notice the number 28 and include it? Or does she like make note of the number 28? Uh, like how does, how does that all come to be? You know? Um, in my head, um, obviously from what we've seen in this movie, you have a relationship with your painter. Um, but (laughs) maybe not as intimate as this one, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, um, but I, I I do think this is something that she wanted to add it added is Uh the page number. Um, just like it, it it feels like something that the painter didn't do. It's something that, that she called out and asked asked for. for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess the idea is that she thinks like, this is something that Marianne has a chance of seeing. Marianne works in the art world. Maybe one day she'll see this. This is one way I can call out to her. I think it can be a hope, but I think the other thing that I'm thinking is like she is she's holding the things that are most important to her. And the yeah. things that are most important to her are her daughter and this book. And that, yeah. that she wants to make sure that those things are seen. And so whether whether it's Ugh. Whether Marianne sees it or not, these this is for her. This, these are the things that matter to her. Lucas, every time you give your interpretation of this movie, I fall more <laughs> in love with it. So it's such a good movie. Yeah, like, I'm loving this. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then, so then, yeah, the movie could have ended right there. Like, yep. could have ended right there. Yeah. Could have ended at the first one too. It could have. It could have, and it would have been great. Yeah, but there's, but no, they give us a third ending. Yep. Yep. Um, and the third ending is my favorite of the endings. Um, yes. So she goes to this concert. She's, she, you know, she takes her seat and from across the, the balcony, she sees, um, Heloise get there and take her seat. And it's just this slowly zooming in shot. Um, and as at first she some... says, Heloise doesn't see me. Like her, yes. I see her, yes. but she doesn't see me, which is also yeah. hard. It's just like, just turn, yeah. just turn your head. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So it's slowly zooming in as we get to see Eloise listen to Summer for the first time since Marianne played it um, back on the island. And so with the full, you know, orchestra and it's so fast and so quick and you just see her fall apart in that moment of just her start to cry and bawling and and smiling black and smiling. Yes. Yes. Um, And it's the first time we as viewers get to see the movie with full music being played like the way that we're used to feeling when we see movies with a full Mm -hmm. sound score yeah it's the first moment and and so it's and i think which makes it all the more powerful Mm -hmm. but um also just knowing that this is it this is our last shot and i think pretty early on as it's slowly zooming in in my head i was like this is it like this, like it can't go on any longer. This is the end. Yeah. And it just continues to, to zoom in and like knowing like early, I feel like early on, you know, this is the last shot that there will not be another shot after this. <laughs> and you really just get to, to revel in it and yeah. just get to get to watch her, um, feel the joy of this movie and the loss of this relationship. Um, and yet the joy that this relationship had on her, for, had for her. And it's, it's, it's totally beautiful. Oh, I mean, and Celine Siama said that this was the this was what made the movie for her. Like this is the first image that she had, and this is what she knew she wanted to base this movie around uh, was this shot. Um, and just knowing that, like that is where you start, and then build everything else up to that. Wow, um, it makes sense because it does. It all builds and ends in this perfect moment. Yeah, Ooh. such a good movie. It was when I when it ended. My friends that I had made watch, um, they were. Like, what have you done to us? Like, <laughs> very <laughs> impacted by it. Um, yeah, it it's a movie that, like, it, it hits you in the chest. Um, yeah. But, man, I think like, you're you're really glad about it by the end. Oh, um, yeah. 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 It, it's, it's, it's emotional and heartbreaking, but not depressing at all. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a, feeling a lot at once. Um, yeah, it's been compared a lot to call me by your name. Um, in that it, it evokes a lot of those same feelings of just like the tragedy of it's, we, we can't be together, but not because we don't want to be. Um, mm-hmm. and just how that's just life and how you just have to accept that. Um, yeah, yeah 
it's it's really good. Um, yeah, in a different in a, if I had seen it in a different way, it would have been number two on my list, and I I'm really gonna hold on to that regret for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, is there any other anything else that you want to say about Portrait of a Lady on Fire before we sign off? Please go watch this movie. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Like it's it's in theaters now. Um, I'm sure that it will be. Um, a quick run in theaters. Um, foreign films usually don't um, have too long of stay, so definitely see it in theaters while you can. It's great. Yeah. Where can people find you online? You can find me everywhere at Lewis and Stuff. And you can find me on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. Goodbye. Adios. Thank you. Goodbye, now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people.